Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. The weekends come, the weekends go, and here we are. We've done and dusted with round 16 in the AFL. Interesting round. Both of our teams in action yesterday. Uh, good games of footy. The one here at Optus was a beauty. Probably the best game here at Optus uh, this season. Great to have your company. Welcome to Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. And let me start before I introduce our AFL expert who comes in on Mondays and Thursdays. We want you to be active on the temperate bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736, wherever you may be listening on 657 SEM, on SENWA, on the SEN app, but SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, SEN Cal 1611, or on digital radio on SEN Peel. Or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line as well. 131255. Uh, Kim Hagdorn, a uh, very good evening to hey, you. G'day. Welcome to Monday. G'day, g'day, Peter. How are you? Thank you. Um, yeah, Firstly, you say, you say round round sixteen. It has gone quickly. It's gone it? very which means quick. Only, which means we've only got seven rounds to go. So, what did we find out out of the weekend? You think Port Adelaide, even though they had a chance at the end with Robbie Gray and of mm. course Marshall to kick possibly a couple of late goals and pinch that game against Frio, you think they're done and dusted now? You think, of course, Gold Coast's uh, narrow loss, their second narrow loss in a fortnight against Collingwood this time, has probably counted them out. So we're now back down to, what, eight, nine, ten that could yeah, play I finals? Think, I think you're going as deep as ten. Uh, I'm not. I, I I don't think the Western Bulldogs can make it. Yep. And I think St Kilda are very shaky, very, very shaky. I mean, they were terrific at the weekend. Mm. But uh, Carlton, I, Carlton's inaccuracy didn't uh, help Carlton's cause, did it? I've always been a big believer, Peter, across, you know, th- throughout my existence in, in covering footy, that there can be a trend develop over the course of a particular weekend, which is a round of AFL footy. And I think these trends are relevant, you know, right across sport. You know, I mean, I think it can happen in, in other codes and other sports as well. But ac- across certain rounds, you know, we can see a spate of reports. You can see an MRO controversy or, or two or three. If there's one, there's more. Uh, spate of injuries, you know, in one particular round, you can see four or five big name injuries, and that's the focus for the week. Umpiring focus, disputes, and and upsets. And another trend, I believe, is when you find teams kicking shabbily, kicking poorly. And in some instances, this weekend just gone, some really deplorable, horrible kicking mm. in front of goal. Now, it, it that terrible finishing from Carlton and Sydney contributed to another trend being upsets. And even with the conclusion of, of, of some of the games being a bit closer, you know, they were, they were bordering on upsets, but particularly the Carlton and Sydney games, and weren't they just so costly to the makeup of the top eight? Carlton dropped back a game behind top four. Well, had they won that, they're around about the top four. They're still around about, but it's a massive loss. To kick 10-18 mm. against St Kilda, who kicked 14-9, Sydney kicked 12-14, Essendon 15-5. Yeah. 
So that was a trend across the course of the weekend and it contributed to the upsets. But the Sydney one goes even deeper than that, Peter. I mean, they started the game with five straight goals and you thought, oh, here we go, Sydney going to beat Essendon. And then, then they kicked 110 over the next two quarters and their, their main culprits were their main goal scorers, the likes of Papley who kicked 1-3, Lance Franklin 2-1, but one out of bounds on the full Lance Franklin. Franklin kicked one... He, he, it was a rubber stamp to how horrible some of the kicking, although I think Robbie Gray and, and uh, Todd Marshall, Marshall. perhaps pro- probably beat uh, for the podium. Well, then you had Charlie Dixon a bit earlier in the game, two out of bounds on the full. Yeah. And before also, he started to get his kicking boots on in the final term. Well, I think that was a case of have to, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was just a last gasp morale, wasn't it? Uh, but Fra- Franklin rubber stamped it with Sydney three points down, five minutes to play after Essendon had slammed on three unanswered goals to get the lead. Lance Franklin kicked out on the full. So it would just, you just, I kept thinking, well, this trend is just horrible. This is just uh, deplorable. And it then extended even further, really, across the, the Carlton loss. Carlton, you know, they kicked 1 9. From 6 5, they kicked 1 9. And I thought to myself, the AFL needs stewards. I want, a, I want a tipping point back. How can this be so horrible that uh, I tipped Carlton, I tipped Sydney, I'm angry that they didn't win, but it was just something that is unforgivable, unacceptable, and you probably should get your money back when they're so disgraceful. All right, let's have a look at our two teams. Firstly, West Coast, they had the early game yesterday, got underway just under midday uh, our time against Richmond. Adam Simpson thought that, that his team was pretty competitive. I thought the game was up for grabs halfway through the third. Um, it must have been... 11, 12 points of difference getting towards in that third quarter. I think I mean, downfield free kick or something like that. Um, and they might have kicked the first goal or the last and sort of took away, you know, maybe a chance of winning. But I, I thought the guys were better, better with um, our method around the contest. Um, you know, we're getting supply this week, you know, probably the highest for the year. Didn't kick straight. You know, that, that, that always hurts. But, I mean, obviously Richmond deserved to win. But um, there we had moments of the game where we were on top. So there you go. That's Adam Simpson on the back end of their loss to Richmond. I don't think Richmond were ever going to lose that game. But in the end, certainly in that third term, Dustin Martin, whose hamstring, what was the awareness? Hamstring awareness. He was uh, taken <laughs> so off the ground. he's got a hamstring ground. strain. Let's yeah. get, let's, let's hamstring awareness. I've never seen hamst- that before. He's got a hamstring injury. Yeah. And, and it might not be a major one, but don't don't play with us, people. It was. He's got a hamstring injury. If he couldn't play the rest of the game from uh, halftime onwards, then it's a hamstring injury. Mm. But I'm with you. I, I thought Richmond sort of toyed with West Coast but because we, West Coast had a lot else going for them. You look at contested possessions, 131 to 112. So that's that's plus that's plus 19 for mm. West Coast, contested possession. Clearances, 44 to 32. And inside 50s, 57 to 53. And hit outs, 37 to 31. Now, that's all West Coast way. Is it on the back of just one man? Nick Natanui back in the side. You start seeing some of those things transpire, don't you? There And there's a growth in confidence, I reckon, and a growth in faith with some of the other players. Some of the receivers are more confident. Big Nick's up in the middle. Even if he's against Dan Curvis, you still felt confident. Nick, Nick Natanui, mm. as fresh as a daisy, as gutsy as that man is, I still don't think his knee is absolutely right. Still hearing that he's come back a little bit earlier to help the plight and to help them perhaps win a few games on the tail end of the season. He's just a really tough, brave, great club man, is Nick Natanui. I know people are going to say, oh, you rave on about him too much. It's very clear to me that Nick Natanui plays for West Coast 
whether the, whether it was 218 and he didn't get through to the grand final, as we know, but any other time in his career, when he's been up and about, they are a far more powerful side and pot- potentially dangerous side when he's playing. 19 possessions, 12 con- contested possessions, Nick Natanui, 26 hit out, six clearances of his own. Yeah. And, and course- six inside 50s and, and a goal. Now... I, I I think a lot of it yesterday was about the presence of one bloke. He brings into the game Shuey, Kelly, Redden, Rioli, in the times that he's around the ball up forward or the few times he goes into the centre square. And even even young Zane True got a couple of possessions and a, and a couple of clearances on the end of being around Nick Natanui. Okay, and speaking about uh, Dusty Martin, it's been confirmed he'll miss at least one week uh, with that hamstring. That's not hamstring awareness. Yeah, so he'll miss at least one week. It could be two or three. We'll have yeah. to wait and see. On the temper of bedshed text line, just regarding the West Coast Eagles, who we're talking about at the moment, Eagles guilty of terrible kicking, especially directly in front from set shots. Mm. Liam Ryan mm. had enough of his kicking, I have. Eagles should have won. Uh, we haven't got the name on that one, but anyway, yeah. that's just come through. Well, I think Adam Simpson's just touched on it as well. They kicked poorly. 13-15. This is, again, part of this trend, part of the syndrome for the weekend. West Coast, 13-15. On the back of all those numbers we've just been through, Peter, where they won upfield, and then 13-15 to 28. 28 scoring shots each. Mm. I know that's a bit simplified to say, oh, scoring shots. Richmond finished better. One of the things I did skim through as well is is Richmond very impressive in how they do finish. And they won premierships on the back of not worrying about some of the statistics that I've just been through where West Coast Eagles were the trendsetter and and, and the, 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 the instigators and winners on the day. In 2020, they won uh, the premiership by being fifth in scoring, second in defence, seventh in contested possession, sixth in clearances, but they were number one inside 50s. Same two in 2019. Similar numbers, number one on inside 50s in the competition across their 25 games for the season. 2017, number two mm. on inside 50s. They don't necessarily worry about some of those other statistics because they are so imposing. Their defensive division and the way they work the ball, win the ball back and run it forward. A bit like Hawthorne of 2, 13, 14, 15. Didn't worry about contested possession so much. So let's not get too carried away with those. I felt Richmond always yesterday were in control of that game. It was a little bit bruise-free at times. I thought it was a bit like circle work. Yeah. But West Coast, it's, it's an encouraging performance. And leading into Sunday afternoon, I think they can beat Carlton. Yeah, I reckon they can beat Carlton. We'll talk more about it during the, this program and certainly on Thursday. But the news coming out today is that midfielder Dom Sheed is out for the season. Uh, as we know, came back, played that one game, got injured, had that hot spot. Uh, he missed this week. The hot spot's been sorted. We haven't got exactly the details, but he is out for the season. And two weeks ago today, we said right here, at around about this time, Peter, Dom Sheed's injury is quite serious and he might not play again this year. Yeah. I mean, we, it, was, it, was a, it was around. And I think someone's got to address it. So why did he someone, come back for that one game? Someone or some people in the West Coast Eagles football administration have got to be asking some questions about their medical assessment their fitness and conditioning, their training program, their recovery program, because even Elliot Yo yesterday, and a soft tissue injury, it was a strange one, but he's had so limited lead up, so limited footy, you'd have to be starting to ask the question you just asked, why do they come back for one game? Even Dom Sheed didn't look terrific in the couple of games. There was a carry-on about the possessions he was getting. Well, it's because he's a clever player playing a, a level well below him just to get some conditioning. But his gait and... He's running, he, how slow he was. He, there was a slight limp in his run and certainly a training. He struggled to train all week. 
because of that injury. You'd have to be asking some questions, I think, about West Coast Eagles medical staff. And that's one of the areas that in the, in the review that's going on, and eventually with, when they look back on 2022 and make decisions on coach, support staff, and fitness and conditioning and medical staff, that, that'll be a front-line front area, their medical and their fitness and conditioning program. Okay, so just repeating, Dom Sheet has been ruled out for the remainder of the season. The Eagles announced the news, the Sarvo, uh, and they declared it's a lower leg injury. That'll well, that's his ankle. That yeah. was the ankle. That, if it's not his ankle, it's a calf from carrying the ankle. Yeah, uh, so to prevent the 27-year-old from playing any further footy this season. Another one, too, is I, I think we have to look at when we're looking at West Coast's performance yesterday, I, I felt yesterday, Peter, that the bulk of their better players, a couple of the kids showed bits and pieces again. You know, Bazzo's going to have a go. Mm. True showed some little bits and pieces. Hoff, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah. So there's some of the youngsters. But their best players yesterday were Kelly, Cripps, Shuey, Natanui, Redden, Hearn. West Coast have got some big decisions to make with some of these older blokes, haven't they? The last name you mentioned is a big decision, Shannon Hearn. Uh, there was talk, as we've discussed, and it's been around, that they were contemplating this would be his final season. I believe with the footy that he's playing at the moment, he probably believes inside himself, the South Australian, that he probably can go around again next season. And I think it's causing a bit of angst within the West Coast Eagles With the planning going group. forward? Yeah. I, I, I think there's some conflict in front of West Coast's Premiership captain, great fella, great servant in uh, Shannon Hearn. Almost 35, 313 games now. Apparently, he's starting to feel as though he's keen to play on next year. And I think that is contrary to what some of the retirement planning that West Coast management were prepared to But wouldn't to you treat him like David Mundy, like how free I've treated David Mundy? Give him another year. He's not playing bad football. He's contributing out of the respect for a former captain and what he's done for the club, you'd give him another year or maybe manage him next year in some shape or form, but keep him in the club. You don't want a parting of the ways, an ugly parting of the ways between a great servant like Shannon Hearn and the West Coast Eagles. I, I, I'm not convinced that it'd be, be ugly because I think he's too good a servant, too good a person. If But he'd if, hurt. He'd be hurting yeah, if yeah. it didn't go his way. Yeah, yeah, but if they want to really rebuild for beyond 2023, so back rebuilding with a team that they start to grow towards 224, 225 back in finals contention, then you have to have a harsher conversation than the way you've gone about it. I think some people within the decision-making process, Peter, will have to sort of say, she's, we need to, let's look after Shannon. He's been a great servant. Someone will have to say yes or no. Yes. He... Who makes that call? The coach it really should the be end? the coach. It really yeah. should be the coach. It really should be the coach. And if the coach can't, as has been indicated, I reckon, with how how strongly he supports Adam Simpson, supports all those servants and all those warriors that have taken him through two 15s grand final loss, 16 roundabout, 17 roundabout, bang, win a flag, 218, still there is 219, 222, been going on too long to not get rid of some of these guys and blood some of the youngsters that you've got on the list. Go and get some better players or some younger players at the draft, in your trade, be more appealing as a team in 222 than they have been. Some of these decisions should have taken place before now. But I, I am led to believe, Peter, that Shannon Hearn and West Coast are now headed towards some serious discussion about whether he goes on. I, I, I'd be a bit like you. I mean, t it depends probably on how they go with some of these other contract considerations. West Coast have got to now talk contracts with... Nick Natanui, I'll ask you, do you go on with these guys? Nick Natanui? Yes. Luke Shuey? No. 
Willie Rioli? Yes. Shannon Hearn? Yes. I just think Luke Shuey's the one I said no, because I just reckon... Even, he, Cri- even Jamie Cripps. I just reckon Luke Shuey's uh, body is just busted up. Yeah. You won't get a, he was you okay won't, yesterday. You won't, he was, but you won't get extended games out of him. And you threw the example or the, the comparison relating to Shannon Hearn and the discussion we're having here. Should he play on or not next year? Shannon Hearn. Now, I understand it's now a change of heart in recent week or two than it was perhaps five or six or seven weeks ago when Shannon Hearn was talking to close confidants, talking to mentors, talking to ex-coaches and ex-players about what do you think I should do? When should I go? Should I go to the end of the season? Should I announce it early? Should I leave early? Should I retire early? It's gone from that to now, I think I'd like to play Mm. on again. You threw it up the comparison to David Mundy. David Mundy shouldn't be playing next year. No, I don't think he should be playing, but they've given him this year. What? They did. And he'll probably try and think, I want to get to 400. So all of a sudden, there's that motivation for Monday to get to 400. Is it a bit of a selfish outlook uh, individually? Is he holding maybe a player that eventually will take his position back? We'll discuss that. And I'd like to throw it as we need to go to a break. And then we'll come back and talk about Frio. And I'd love to talk about Nat Five because I saw him yesterday. And I've got my opinion on Nat Five at the moment. I know he says, give me six weeks. But really... At the moment, it's do or die for Go Frio. Back to Peel. They're trying to get into the top four, and I thought they carried uh, Nat Fife a bit yesterday. We're going to take a break. Give us your thoughts firstly on Shannon Hearn, West Coast Eagles fans listening to Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn on this Monday. Would you give Shannon Hearn another year? Would you keep him in the West Coast Eagles team in 2023? Love to hear from you on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. And Dockers fans, give us your spin on Nat Fife as well. We're going to discuss him after the break. It's 17 past five. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to have your company on this Monday. It's AFL Review Night. Kim Hagdorn, respected broadcaster and journalist and newsbreaker in every Monday and Thursday with yours truly, Peter Vlas. Let's go to the open line. The texts are coming through on the temperate plenty, bench. isn't there? Yeah, temperate bench head text line. 0487 We're going down Bunbury, a nice part of the world is Eton. And Rebecca's listening on SEN Spirit 621. Rebecca, good afternoon or evening to you. Hello, how are you going? Hi, Rebecca. Far away. So, like, with Shannon Hearn, it is a tough one, I yep. think, in the sense that if he should play on or not. Because when you go and watch him play, he has he's one of the guys that actually put 100% in each week. So I think he has got another year in him, um, in the sense that, you know, maybe he is getting a bit on. But I think that he does... He, he's, a bit of, he, he's one of the senior players... And I think he sort of does look after our younger guys and we are developing. So if he wants to play another year, I think he could definitely do it. Yeah, good on you, Rebecca. No, Thanks, good Rebecca. call. Thanks the for thing, the call. But what Rebecca has just said there will have to be part of some very heavy conversations around Lathlane Park in the next couple of weeks because I think with Shannon Hearn, as we, we now know exactly what Josh Kennedy's doing. It hasn't been announced officially publicly, but we can, we can see... He's going to play some home games and probably not play round 22 and 23 mm-hmm. as the Fremantle Home Derby and then against Geelong down in Geelong. We can see that. It hasn't been literally announced. Kennedy becomes the fifth highest games played player this Sunday afternoon when he plays his 
seventh game. He'll go past Guy McKenna. So we know what's happening there. He's not playing next year. And we saw Alec, uh, Jake Waterman yesterday work with Jack Darling and Bailey Williams spending some time forward as a group. So that's planning for the future. You don't necessarily need Josh Kennedy in there to plan for next year mm. and 224 and 225. Same with Shannon Hearn. What Rebecca said is spot on. Yes, he offers a lot in terms of experience and guidance, but if you can come up with someone else who can play off that halfback flank, for instance, put Hoff back there, for instance, you know, if, if they recruit in Liam Baker, for instance, that's when you start to think, well, we don't need Shannon mm. around. The only thing that I think Shannon Hearn's got value, also one part of his game, is his ability to turn defence into attack with his booming kick. And he runs. Yeah, and, and he runs. They did it yesterday. I thought, it, you know, I touched on, touched on trends a little while ago yeah. as well. I saw a trend across the weekend also where sides were going very determinedly, very quickly with a bit more daring. I think yeah. the coaches are using that expression. And then certainly the commentators are saying it as well. And we saw it. But Shannon Hearn a couple of times yesterday just didn't go out to the right half-back flank or the right-back pocket. Just went, boom, straight into the corridor and sent a big, long kick over the, t- over the centre circle toward their forward line. And that was Darling and Jake Waterman looking a little bit more authoritative than yeah. I think I've seen them. Exactly. And that's where his value is. Just quickly, let's try yep. and clear a couple of these texts. Hearn, yes, I think he should go on. On Nelson is average at best and not getting better. Sure, he retire. Who takes Hearn's place? No one uh, on the list at the moment. He stays. You can't have just kids. Redden and Shuey to go. Nick Natanui stays. Kennedy retires. Hearn is still a ta- damn good player. That's on the uh, text line. Here's another one uh, that's uh, just come through. This is regarding let's go to Frio now and, and look at David Mundy and Nat Five. Firstly, this is what Justin Longmuir said about the performance of Nat Five yesterday. Have a listen to this and then we'll come back and we'll give our opinion on the Dockers skipper. The decision to not play him is a set of bounce. Can you talk us through that um, decision-making process? No, it's probably around just making sure we're really clear on our roles. Um, and it just helped, helped with that, helped clear his role up and helped clear the other mids' roles up. Allowed him to really prepare really well and um, took a little bit of the confusion out of it for us. So did you like that? And do you think that will be the way forward from here? Uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear. I'm I, just not going to sit here and give the opposition head start on what we're doing with Nathan Fife every week. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret, some of this stuff, and we're supposed to be able to go into a game and catch the opposition off, but I just get asked 15 questions a week on where Fife is going to start, his game time, his mid-forward split. Um, you know, give the guy a break. We all want him back to his best. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. I thought he took a good step forward today, and he was instrumental when we were playing our best footy. Judging by that, I reckon Justin's unsure about Nat Fife's role this week and maybe the following week. Now, Paul says, I'm a Dockers member and love Nat Fife and David Mundy. However, I feel like there's only a place for one of them in the team. I don't think they can both play together. That's from Paul. Uh, Hi, Pete and Kim. This is a long one. In fact, uh, I'll come back to this in a moment because... Uh, we'll get our uh, view on that. In fact, everyone's writing long texts. Josh from Canning Vale. Afternoon, boys. Five still showed his class in patches yesterday. I think we all need to move on from the beast. Five is also two-time Brownlow medalist form and a player, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think one thing about mentioning Nathan's past, we all know that. We all know the past. But, but none of us, even Justin Longmuir, is going to be worrying about as much about what he has done as opposed to what he can do in the next few weeks. So I thought Justin Longmuir 
was really pointed there, Peter, in, in two counts. One, we're very clear on, on his roles. We need everyone to be clear on their roles. And the other one was he said, I don't want to be doing this every week. Well, get ready, uh, Justin, because everyone's going to be talking about Nathan Fife and what roles he is allowed to play. I thought it was really I thought it was very clear yesterday. I thought Peter Fremantle put on full display the strategy that they have with Nathan Fife. Nathan, if you're going to play in this team, you'll play how we want you to play. You've you you've had a really poor performance the previous week against Carlton and the role that is available to you this week is a high half forward, mm. regularly staying as a half forward. You won't be getting in the center square. Now Nathan take that on or have a weekend off and play with Peel next week. I'm not so sure it'll be as blunt as that, but it's pretty clear to me. It was very evident yesterday that he looks set for full-time high half-forward roles, which gives him scope to go to stoppages once they're outside the centre square. And he did that. It gave them an extra number, and he was around more so on the forward side. And he finished up with 21 disposals, only had the five kicks again. So he's not confident with his kicking. He's giving away a lot of hand passes. Nine contested kicked possessions. Kicked a good goal yesterday. He was under pressure to was kick about that time. goal. And it was he, about time. And, and he dobbed it. Yeah. We'll keep going on about what he, a Brownlow medal, but he has had a poor goal-kicking, goal-finishing yeah. uh, reputation. Just the one clearance and the one goal. So I thought it was really clear yesterday to me that that's his role for the next several weeks while Sarong continues to get 25 possessions and eight clearances. Brayshaw, 27 and five clearances. Brody, 27 and four clearances. Mundy, 19 and three. I could keep going. The, the wingers, Aish yeah. and Hughes, that, I mean, they had nine clearances between them because Nathan Fife wasn't in there. And Nathan Fife is a bit slow compared to all these boys. We're talking everyone there, even Mundy, he moves the ball so quickly. They offer better roles in terms of winning the ball forward than having Nathan Fife there. And I thought it was pretty clear. Yeah, and uh, also Josh from Canning Vale, just taking your point here, mate, because it was uh, mm-hmm. an extended test. He says uh, he's getting through, ticking up uh, the minutes by the finals. He'll be cherry ripe, according to Josh, because they're getting minutes and certainly time into Nat Fife. That's uh, Josh of Canning Vale. Just going back to the Eagles, um, uh, hi, Pete and Kim, with Nick Nat back. In the ruck, the Eagles are a different side. They all seem to fit. Zane True was impressive on his debut. Mm-hmm. Really felt for Elliot Yo, back to his near best and now gone with a hamstring. Guys, what do you think of Hipwood being referred directly to the tribunal? Had to be. Mm, I thought uh, so too. It, it, it's a bit awkward to get really good vision of it because clearly I think it caught everyone by surprise. It was so far off the play and the ball's coming up along Brisbane's right wing. And a f- right over on the left half, forward flank, is Hipwood. And he just blatantly pushed an opponent into the umpire. Now, ne- neither neither the opponent nor the umpire were aware of what was coming. And I, I, I looked at it and thought, you could only do that deliberately. And that's why he's gone straight to the tribunal. I, I, they will argue that it was you do that sort of stuff to push an opponent all the time. We didn't know the umpire was there. Brisbane will try that uh, defence. But for was the name on that one, Peter? Is that Josh? Uh, was no, it? no, no. I just I haven't got a name on that. So whoever okay. sent that through, give us uh, yeah. your name and uh, sub. It will acknowledge you as well. But it was a good actual test. Brisbane would want to have a really good defence for what Eric Hipwood did because for mine it's worth two or three weeks. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Uh, come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or. As we heard from Rebecca, great to uh, get your call, Rebecca, there from Eaton down in uh, near Bunbury. The Scarborough Toyota open lines there for you, 13 12 55.
The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, gee, we've got a good support team. Bray and Jimmy in there just making the uh, program just go along well, so smoothly, Hags. It's busy too. because yes. uh, And they have to be busy, frantic out there because you've got texts, you've got callers. And I still haven't spoken about so many other issues. Okay, we'll get to it. So to let's that. clear this. Uh, Simon of Claremont. Hi, Simon. Monday is surely motivated to play on for next year for a chance at Frio's first flag. He had his best season last year and a limited pre-season well, this year. if... And you touched, you used the word a while ago relating to Shannon Hearn. If yeah. Shannon Hearn goes on, you'd have to manage him and he'd have to miss chunks of games. Well, David Mundy would absolutely categorically have to do that next year if he goes on. I think him going on next year slows them down and it stifles the development of another young, quick-moving player. Uh, that's if he goes on. If Shannon Hearn goes on, both he... And David Mundy would have to spend time out of the game at times next year, chunks of management where they freshen up. And also it helps with the development of someone that's going to replace them for 224 onwards. Even David Mundy, Fremantle, all their authorities with Justin Longmuir and their fitness and conditioning staff should be considering David Mundy not playing this week against St Kilda. Rest him. Rest him. It's a six-day break. So they played yesterday. Heavyish conditions, heavy game. That ground was a little bit sluggy yesterday. Yeah, it was. Awkward, so you'd shift, you'd, you'd come up a bit. So I'd be very surprised if some of the boys weren't sore there today. Six-day break and travel. It's not as if it's a six-day break and St Kilda are coming to Perth. And so their six-day break, they recover in home environment. They're on the road. Fremantle, if they're really serious about having a healthy group for the Sydney game the following weekend and then for the finals, because they, they, they're going to play finals now, manage them and get one or two other players back in. It just depends where some are because we lose or they'll lose uh, Tabiner for the next week or two, I reckon. Not that he's he's uh, going to be Mundy's player, but Mundy could spend a bit more time forward with Fife, a little bit of time in the midfield to share with Mundy. But they should already be considering David Mundy having a rest somewhere soon, let alone next year. Yeah. But I don't think either Mundy or Hearn should be playing next year. That's my view. Okay, that's Kim Hagdon's view. Uh, if you agree with him, disagree with him, uh, temper a bedshed text line 0487 736 736. We'll come back to the other texts in a moment because Lisa's given us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line at 13 12 55. Five, uh, happy Monday to you, Lise. Happy Monday to you guys too. Right, How you Lisa. going, Pete? How you going, Haggers? Good, thanks, yeah. Um, just before I get... I, I was the one that sent that... Um, oh, okay. About people, but, but before I get on to him, um, Shannon Hearn, I think um, he could go on next year, but that that's if he doesn't have any soft tissue injuries this year. Um, mm-hmm. And after that, I think I think the club should um, hold on to him, and he could become a, a valuable mentor for to, for the rebuild. That's that's what I think anyway. Of, um, and um, what a, what a feast of sport we had for the, on the weekend, my godfather. Like la- last night, I had I was listening to you and and um, Scotty calling yeah. the game, Pete, and, yeah. and and I had the TV TV on watching the West Coast Fever. Yeah, no, <laughs> good, well done to the girls. That was terrific. Uh, yeah, nothing like a first ever premiership. They uh, went there twice before, got beaten in the grand final. It was just terrific, actually, for the West Coast Fever. Dan Ryan, of course, they started as the Perth Orioles. They didn't have much success. That so was a, a special moment for the sport of netball in WA. Well done to them. Yeah, it was fabulous. And and just on Hipwood. Yep. Um, 
Haggis, I thought um, before Hipwood bumped Gardner or pushed Gardner, I thought Gardner was coming towards him to to, give him a push. And I think that's when Hipwood got in first. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the umpire was was in the vicinity at the same time. So I don't think it was it was deliberately done. Um, so I, I, that's why I was questioning whether whether he should have gone. He should be going straight to the tribunal. Well, I I, th- I think they've sent it straight to the tribunal because there's so much uncertainty to mm. it, and and they need to find out. And and the uh, Michael Christian as the match review officer has decided this is a bit awkward, and also it's it's an umpire collision, and there's something deliberate in his view that needs to be established by the tribunal, but. Lisa, the way you've seen it, I think that's certainly going to be Brisbane's argument that Gardner was buffeting and was trying to get into Hipwood's way. He's pushed him and uh, he's tripped and, and hit, hit the umpire. They both went down, didn't they, heavily? So yeah. I think it has to be investigated by the tribunal. Uh, it's another case, though, where I, I still think if we're going to have a match review officer system and process, he should make the, make the, make the ruling. And if and you know we should know now. Well, Hipwood's facing two or three weeks out. Brisbane can appeal and take it to the tribunal. Why wait till tomorrow? And also, this game was last Thursday. Why are we not going to hear this until Tuesday? Tuesday. There's so many ad- yeah. adversities and, and anomalies that I've been critical of with the MRO and the and the tribunal yeah. for a long time. But I'm with you, Lisa. I think they will argue he pushed him, and then he went into the umpire. It was a natural thing for a forward to do to push and push off and try and run into a leading position. And I think that'll be Brisbane's argument. Okay, good on you, Lee. Thanks for listening and thanks for the call. Now, Nev down in Albany. Might be a bit cool down there. Could be a bit rainy there tomorrow too, Nev. Nick Nat is still the most feared opponent for opposition. We can, meaning the Eagles, can make finals next year if he's fit and firing. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. I, I, I don't know about finals. It would be a massive jump to come from 17th or 18th this year to back into the top eight and, 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 and perhaps the top six to try and get a home final. But I, I've been bo- bullish for quite some time that West Coast have a history of bouncing back from these things fairly quickly. The Luke Jackson argument and debate, it's not going to go away. West Coast are holding to Luke Jackson. Fremantle are holding to Luke Jackson. If West Coast managed to beat Fremantle in the race to Luke Jackson... You could almost rest assured they're going to bounce back a lot quicker because this guy could lead the ruck. And Nick Nat knew he could play a secondary role. He could, and he has said that. We've, we've revealed it here, everybody, that Nick Nat knew he has said to West Coast, has said to their recruiting staff, has said to the management, oh, get Luke Jackson. But I, and I won't stand in his way. I'll play as an assistant, a backup to him, and even miss games if we don't need me playing. So Nick Nat knew he's on board. And I asked the question, would you, Nick, would you recontract some of these people? You know, Nick Nat Newey, Luke Shuey, Willie Rioli, Shannon Hearn, Bailey Williams, for instance. He's out of contract this year. But certainly you, you can't recontract Nick Nat Newey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to Al, Alex of North Lake, Peter and Kim. Adam Simpson discussing Jack Darling. No doubt he's quoted Adam Simpson here. Uh, he's saying he's top five at least. Could be another 100 games for him after playing 250 at the weekend. We're a better team with him in it. He's a small key forward that very rarely gets beaten one-on-one. That's the quote from Adam Simpson, according to Alex of Northlake, regarding Jack Darling. Yeah, I saw Alex, I saw um, Adam Simpson say that the other day, and I was amazed. At the 20-minute mark in yesterday's game, he was outmarked by Nathan Broad at right half forward. At the 24-minute mark of the second quarter, he was outmarked in a straight-out one-on-one by Gibkus. Mm. 
I, I know I'm hot on on Jack Darling, and he deserves a lot of accolade for the 250 games and his durability. Only once in his 12 seasons has he not played 20 games in a season. I I accept all that, but to sort of say that he's and, and did Adam Simpson mean in West Coast top top five ever, or uh, just top five for now? I don't know. If he, top he's five, a he top five be, at least. I reckon now. I'd, he'd probably think about now, wouldn't he? Well, he's not even close. He's top not even close. Now. He's not even close to that. He's certainly not in a West Coast Eagles best ever team. No, I think he's probably talking about now. He's not. Even, he's not even close to best okay. five now. It might be valuable to to Adam Simpson, and that's his view. My view is different to that. I, I cannot agree that he'd be in their best five players now, Jack Darling. Mm. Cannot agree with that. Okay, we're going to clear this break, and then we've got a couple of more interesting ones uh, looking at Adam Simpson again. Also, there has been a passionate North Melbourne supporter that has sent in a text. We're going to discuss North Melbourne because that was just diabolical on the weekend. He's a paid-up member of the Kangaroos and wants our answer on uh, what is the future there at Arden Street. That's all coming up after the break here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, AFL Review Night with Kim Hagdorn. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. And just regarding uh, Jack Darling, Alex of North Lake has just updated his uh, text. He says Simpson was talking about Darling in terms of body of work in Simpson's time there at West Coast, effort, reliability and durability. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough. Okay, yeah. thanks for clarifying that, Alex, because, I, yeah, I mean, Luke Shuey and Cripps, Natanui, uh, Rioli, Barras, who I thought was terrific. Yeah, so what yeah. about what, how unforgiving, Peter, is all the sport we play? whether you're playing amateur, community sport, or the highest, most elite, frightening game in the country, the AFL. Yeah. How unforgiving is it? Richmond's big man, Tom Lynch, he demolished West Coast in round seven. Seven, five, 14 marks, 19 possessions. Yesterday, he looked like an under-16s yeah. player against Tom Brass. Tom Brass was impressive yesterday. So, yeah, okay, I'm glad Alex clarified that because I – in terms of Jack Darling's athleticism and his durability uh, and his availability to Adam Simpson, since Adam Simpson's been here since 2014, yeah, he would be, he'd just about be number one. Mm. Luke Shuey, perhaps Matt Prittis that Adam Simpson sacked, they would have all been as durable. Okay, let's go back uh, to the temperate bedshed text line in the time remaining. Uh, Robert Brizzo, uh, g'day boys, great show once again. Adam Simpson is misleading the Eagles members and supporters. Rebuild question mark. What rebuild? Has only played the youth due to injury or unavailability. If McGovern slash Sheed and co were available, they would be picked. Kevin Sheedy once told me, if you can't win the flag, you're better off finishing on the bottom with the future in view. Early draft picks and an access to the brilliant youngsters, something the Eagles haven't got right for some time. Well, I've been saying that for three years, Peter, that West Coast were not planning for the, the end of the careers of a lot of the boys that took them to the flag in 2018 under Adam Simpson. And he's been more than... He's been unrealistically faithful to those guys for too long. And that's why some of them are injury prone now. Mm. Some of them are, are past their best. And one or two of them are going to have little shots before the end of the season. Because as, we, as we've as we indicated tonight, uh, everybody, and Robbo, thanks for that text, uh, because it tends to agree with my views, they need to make some hard decisions on some of the boys that are coming out of contract. And some of them are their 32 and 33-year-olds and 31-year-olds. They haven't planned for this in the future, uh, over the last couple of seasons, for their future. And certainly, 
I, I agree with Robbo that when the main players are available, we haven't seen some combination of, of one or two young players playing in there. Now we're seeing Hoff. We saw True yesterday. We're, we're going to see Rotham back in the side because they're playing for their futures. Yeah. But they should be more guaranteed of a future. And Waterman playing as a key forward yesterday, not as a third defensive forward or a running crowd, a hole for Josh and Jack to run into, actually played, made his own game. We need to see a lot more of that in coming weeks and then early into next year. But one thing I do think about coaches, I mean, Robbo sort of says about Kevin Sheedy, that Kevin Sheedy could afford to finish last or way, well down the premiership ladder and therefore not play that determinedly to win games late in the season if you're guaranteed to be there for the next two or three or four, four or five years. So you'd have to be a very secure coach to not want to be winning games late in the season. West Coast could beat Carlton this week. They could beat Hawthorne. On yesterday's form, West Coast could beat Hawthorne at the MCG. They could beat St Kilda here mm. the week after that. Then it's Gold Coast away. Adelaide here. Josh Kennedy's farewell game. Is there three or four or five wins there? You possibly. could not rule that yeah, out. Yeah, possibly. Then if they're in that sort of form, Peter, and Nick Nat is still up and about, I've got question marks on that because I think he'll have troubles below his knees, carrying that knee. Fremantle and Geelong, they won't be Geelong. Mm, but okay. they, could they win the derby? All right, let's just quickly look at a couple of other issues. Uh, Paul of Margaret River says uh, he's been a long-time North Melbourne fan. He's a supporter. He's a member. What the hell's going on at North Melbourne? And, of course, as we heard, Wayne Carey, the Kangaroos legend, has declared that North Melbourne must bite the bullet and sack David Noble. Now, there's seven rounds to go. Do you do it now? Yeah, get rid of him. And, and put someone in place and see where they can get out of the final third of the season. Well, John Blakey's sitting there as his senior assistant. Yeah. Former North Melbourne great player. And highly regarded and revered as an assistant coach. Could that coach. be a story this week? Because that was deplorable. Even though it was down at Geelong, it was deplorable after quarter time. Could that be the big story this week that Noble has gone? Noble won't go oh, uh, willingly. No, the fact that North Melbourne yeah, yeah, had yeah. disposed of him. I, I think no, Peter, because Jeff Walsh... It won't a, happen. I don't... You asked for this week. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Walsh has only been there for 10 days. Jeff Walsh has gone in there to do what a mafia and the president and Brady Rawlings won't do, and that's get rid of the coach. Jeff Walsh will then also, I suspect, actually make re recommendations they have a new chief executive as well because a mafia, Ben Armafio, has just been blind in his loyalty for David Noble. Mm -hmm. He was also blind in his loyalty for the previous coach, and there was just enormous problems there between players and coach. And the players and coach problems now are, are, are irreversible. They can't control that. North Melbourne had... Managed just two goals from 13 inside 50s from quarter time onwards down. I know they're playing Geelong. There's just a monster when they really want to be powerful. But they had just 20, what was it, 25 inside 50s for the match. Mm. I think to Geelong 74. I think 12 in the last three quarters. Yeah, 13 yeah. from quarter time onwards. Mm. Yeah. So th th they must make change, North Melbourne. Put John Blakey in, uh, and then he would caretake until. North find their new coach, and rest assured there'll be moves afoot to try and get Adam Simpson. All right. And quickly, uh, looks Which like... Which would mean West Coast would have to come out and say, it is not on, and we'd need Adam Simpson to say, I am coaching West Coast in 2023. They've got to be more definitive, don't they? Otherwise, this yeah. speculation is going to be going around and round and round for the next few weeks. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, okay. Um, there's a guy who played in the Mildura, Mildura League at the weekend... Kicked 33 goals <laughs> in the match. His name was Adam Thompson. 
The side kicked 58 28, 376. The opposition not turn up. Uh, they kicked four goals, one twenty-five. Oh, the opposition. <laughs> and he kicked 33 goals. What a performance. Haggers, you've kicked plenty of goals uh, over the last hour. Uh, we'll preview Melbourne against Geelong on Thursday night. It's going to be a huge match. Look forward to speaking to you uh, on that game on Thursday. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Bray. That's been Drive with Peter Vlahos. AFL review night on this Monday night. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 right here on SENWA. Thanks for your company this evening.